Welcome to It's All Mental, a podcast from Every Turn Mental Health. Mental isn't a bad word. There's no health without mental health. We're here to talk about every high and low. No limits, just good conversations. Hello everyone, I'm joined today by Lizzie Hodcroft, who is a peer support worker in our recovery college service, who's going to talk to us today about all things burnout. Good afternoon, Lizzie. Good afternoon. I'm going to start with a really easy question, hopefully, which is, what does peer support worker mean? Your job is a peer support worker. What is that? Uh, it's kind of, you kind of have to be sort of a jack of all trades in a way. Um, so what we do is we support the Northumberland Recovery College to reach the large amount of people in a really large area, which is Northumberland, um, to support them with their mental health and their well-being needs and issues. So this is both a preventative approach where we're trying to introduce activities, workshops, courses and education around mental health and well-being so that hopefully people don't fall into crisis. And then it's also from the other side of crisis. So say they've been through the services, they've gotten the more uh, professional support that they need, and now they're looking to kind of not suppose rebuild their lives kind of reconnect yeah um, so we do everything from activities which are more crafty or allotments and um, book clubs all the way through to workshops that focus a lot more on psychoeducation so learning about how you can build your self-esteem what it is to create and maintain personal boundaries as well as helping to facilitate peer support groups where they can exchange stories and learn from each other Fantastic. So that is, is that real community aspect, what I'm hearing there around getting people together who have got similar life stories, similar experiences to either do some stuff, which sounds like some really cool stuff there with allotments or art projects and that sort of thing, or all the way through to the kind of the, the more the more learning type approach of learning things around their emotions. So it's it sounds like a very rewarding role. It is a really rewarding role. Um, and I'm also studying to be a counsellor at the same time. So it's, it really is quite something that, that marriages up well with my passions um, and this idea of trying to support and help people with their mental health. Fantastic. So we're here today to talk about burnout, which is a topic that I think many people are fully aware of, either having experienced it or or seen other people experience it, particularly as we've gone through the pandemic and gone through all the you know, economic hardship that people are going through now and the challenges that people are having. Burnout's becoming a lot more prevalent in people's lives. So, so what is burnout? That's my first question. And, uh, and why are you here talking to me about burnout? Um, well, first I'll answer the why. Um, so um, I've done a, a lot of different talks on mental health. Um, I used to work quite a lot going out to the RAF base in Leeming, um, helping their soldiers deal with burnout and other mental health issues and, and giving them tools and strategies to do that. So I've got a bit of a background with trying to break down some of these common issues that we face and trying to kind of explain them and support people with them in a way that's easy to to grasp, easy to understand, and hopefully motivates them to maybe make some changes. In terms of what burnout is, well, it's really, really common. So it can affect almost anybody at any time and in any job. Um, in the UK, research suggests that around about 22% of people struggle with high levels of burnout. And it occurs essentially when the stressors in our life, so the things that cause us stress, the things that um, sort of 
keep us up at night, they start to outweigh our motivation. They outweigh our purpose in life, but also our sense of achievement. So you start to feel drained. You might experience problems with your sleep or your health. You start to perhaps become quite distant and detached from your work also your personal life and what often people find as well is that it's hard to concentrate and to remember things and but it's also really important to understand the difference between stress and burnout yeah and I think there's a big overlap there isn't it as you you were describing that you're describing an awful lot of things there that are quite similar to stress and anxiety and depression actually so a lot of yes. those things around that feeling distant, you know, lack of motivation, all of those things, there's quite a lot of overlap between that and some of the more common common mental health issues that we see. So what 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 would you see being the sort of boundary differences there? So I think one of the big differences is that with stress, this tends to come from our life being too full. So too full of tension, too full of pressure, too full of anxiety. And with burnout, you feel almost as though you're extremely empty of energy, motivation, or even hope. And so when you're stressed, your emotions tend to be heightened. But when you're experiencing burnout, your emotions tend to be quite dulled. Um, Stress often leads people to become more active because they're trying to get everything done. They're feeling more anxious, Mm. whereas burnout often leaves you feeling a bit more depressed. You become more withdrawn. Avoidance is a big thing. And you find that you just can't bring yourself to do things. When people think burnout, when I personally think burnout, I think work. So work is the first thing I think of, which is probably quite an unhealthy thing for me just to go straight to work as a reason. But I think about work. and I think a lot of people think that burnout is a work related thing. But what what are the major causes of burnout? Because it's not just a work related thing, is it? Yeah. So burnout certainly isn't just work related. Burnout can occur with any sort of activity or thing that we spend a lot of time doing that potentially also has some sort of pressure attached to it, such as I'm getting paid and I have to pay for my mortgage. Um, But it doesn't have a single cause. Uh, But there does tend to be four things that have factors of whether you'll experience burnout. So those are your personal life. So what you're doing outside of work, it's um, your personality. Research shows that sometimes personality can play a factor, genetic factors, obviously, as well, um, but also your beliefs. So if you have beliefs about yourself and your work that tend to be about needing uh, to meet very high personal standards, this is linked to burnout. But in terms of what keeps it going, it's not being able to recharge, right? Um, You are withdrawing, you've maybe stopped doing the things that you enjoy, and that social isolation, maybe poor sleep, um, it makes it harder to recover. We also find that a lot of people use unhelpful ways of coping. And so it's really natural for people to want to try and find a quick fix, uh, go for the easiest and the fastest solution. Um, But a lot of the time, things like drinking more caffeine or drinking alcohol in order to relax can actually cause more problems. Well, there you go, Adam. (laughs) For anyone listening, I am uh, slurping a coffee just as Lizzie was saying about drinking more caffeine. So I I apologize there for being the- uh, 
can't enjoy a coffee. I drink coffee throughout the day as well. But I suppose it's, for instance, if you felt as though you needed to be consuming like five Red Bulls yeah. just to maintain your performance, that's probably a little bit of a red flag. Good. That's fine. I haven't crossed that line yet. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't mind me asking you a, a possibly deeply personal question then, because you're here talking to us about burnout today. Have you experienced burnout? Yes, I have. Um, and it's really quite difficult to go through. I experienced burnout when I was a founder of one of my previous companies. Um, and of course, the pressure for any founder or anybody working within some of the top tiers of a company, as you'll know, Adam, uh, can be extremely high pressure. Um, a lot of the time we struggle to figure out where to get our worth from and our worth is often very much linked to the performance uh, of ourselves or our business. Um, and it just wasn't sustainable over time. I was burning the candle at both ends. And my first kind of big red flag is that something that I had worked so hard on that I was really passionate about that I had changed my whole lifestyle in order to do. Uh, all of a sudden, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. And that was a really, really big, uh, big red flag is that something that I thoroughly enjoyed that I had made all of these commitments to and, you know, really had a passion for. I now was waking up and I was dreading it and I didn't want to be a part of it. Um, and in order to kind of combat that, you know, kind of the first thing was to admit to myself how serious the problem was. Um, and then I actually ended up getting some cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, it's a really effective treatment in this area. It's shown to make quite a big difference. But also I started to look at how I could relax and recharge more. I started to really put in some very clear boundaries and um, between my personal life and my work. And I started to really stick to those. And over time, um, I started to reconnect again with my 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 business and my purpose and and yeah I got through the other side and do you did, did you did you did people around you recognize that because I suppose it's really difficult for some people to lack that personal insight that they're heading to burnout or they're, or they're actively in burnout but for somebody watching that yeah, so it's it's actually quite a difficult one because burnout happens so gradually and over time, especially for those around you, if they're not really attuned or they don't know you that well, it can just kind of over time just seem like it's kind of the bad day that maybe lasts, you know, a little bit longer than normal. Um, so I think that it, it can be hard to pick up on, but something that can really help is just checking in yeah. um, and being able to acknowledge, you know, workloads, being able to look at delegation um, and also making sure that people are taking the time off that they should be taking. Um, and of course, you know, if somebody is consistently working overtime or after everything's supposed to shut down, that might also be a bit of a sort of red flag that maybe things aren't completely right. And I suppose the, as we've gone through the last few years, the world of work has changed, hasn't it? I don't know this is not just all work related, but it is a big factor in this that our personal lives and our work lives have become far more intertwined than ever before with much more homeworking, 
you know, having a, a, a greater degree of flexibility on working hours that one can, you, know, you can, you can flexible. For example, in our organisation, we have flexible working. So if you wanted to work from seven in the morning till 10 and have three hours off and then go and do this in the evening, that's fine. But what that, but that also sometimes can lead to a lack of respect of boundaries, can't it? Yes, it also means that sometimes we lack a bit of structure that actually is quite important as well. It's great to be flexible and to change things up, um, but it's also important that we do kind of have that core schedule, not just for our minds, but our bodies actually really attach themselves to a regular schedule. Um, so it's about understanding your limits not overextending yourself and um, saying no which is really difficult um but it's you know not a sign of weakness if you if you can't do something um but really also just pay attention to your body and um, take some time to check in with yourself i know that we tend to do that more often with others around us but it's important to understand what causes you stress what steps you can take to alleviate it, and an ongoing um, ability to reflect can really help you stay aware of any signs of burnout and hopefully address them before they become more serious. And I think that's a real great point, isn't it, around checking in on yourself. It's far too easy to check in on others around you, isn't it, but checking on yourself. There was a, there's always that, that wonderful, um, I can't remember the name of the individual who has the, the author and the, and the whole piece around putting your own oxygen mask on first, and it's yeah. that it's that piece, isn't it? You, you you put your own mask on first before you, you tend to someone else's oxygen mask. And I think we forget that, don't we, in life? We do. And, it, you know, it's easy. And I think at the end of the day, we all want to do well and we don't want to let others down. We don't want to disappoint other people. Um, but, you know, at the same time, burnout, if you do experience some of the most severe um, symptoms of burnout, it can take a really, really long time to recover from. And so instead of just being out for a little bit of time and maybe not doing all the things that you want now, you're actually going to be completely out for the count for maybe months. And, you know, you really won't be able to do anything about that then. So let's let's talk about that then, about the, about the actual a person who is sliding towards or is, is, is burning out or burnt out. How would a colleague see that? How would a colleague address that? What should anyone listening, how would they intervene? What would the advice be for that? Uh, so I think, first of all, it's about kind of planning what you're going to say. Um, so if you have actually noticed some signs or some red flags that you think might be worth bringing up, make sure you do that. Because the other thing is, is that we don't want to get into a conversation where we're almost sort of pointing the finger and saying, I think that this is your problem. And mm -hmm. um, sometimes there are some really logical answers and it might just be that they're going through a hard time and now you've opened up the floor for them to also talk about that. And um, so don't always kind of assume that you know what's going on um, and planning your thoughts can really help with that. It's also about obviously choosing the right time and place to have that conversation and um, you don't want it to be too busy you don't want the other person to be distracted um, and of course you also want to make sure that you can express your feelings and concern um, so I know that it's really easy to start bringing up things like well I noticed that you were late three days in a row or I noticed that maybe the project we were doing you haven't done 
Um, unfortunately, sometimes when we bring up things like that, it can almost feel a bit blaming. So if there are any other things, signs and symptoms that aren't necessarily completely work-related to bring up, that would probably be a good idea. Um, use I statements to communicate your feelings because that means that you're not really blaming, it's about what you're feeling. Um, and if you can, um, share any insights that you have and work with them to look at how they want to address the problem. And remember, they also might not want to address the problem, and that's also their choice. I think that's a real good point there around the I statements. So I think, you know, just for, just for, for anyone listening who's not familiar with using things like I statements to make sure it's not about blaming and it's about that. Give me some examples of, 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 of if you and I were in a conversation now and you've spotted out that I'm suffering potentially with burnout or heading towards that. What, 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 what would that look like from a conversation with some of those I statements? So I might say something like, I feel as though you aren't having the energy that you used to. So you're not saying that they actually don't have the energy, you're saying that that's kind of your perception. Um, or if you're the one that's trying to communicate that you're experiencing burnout, it might be, you know, I've been having trouble sleeping and concentrating, not all this work you've given me is, you know, causing issues type thing. So it's really about each party kind of taking control and taking responsibility while also showcasing empathy. Excellent. That's great advice for people. Absolutely. So what then can we do for people? So we've had that conversation with somebody and they've said, you know what, you're right. I'm just not feeling it. This is too much. And they can they, they articulate how they're feeling. You know, what what help is available and what how would you advise people to signpost, where to signpost, what to do next? So again, I think the first thing to do is to really ask them to take some time to be honest with themselves about how serious it may be. Um, and it could be that professional help is the best solution. Um, I know that, for instance, Every Turn has some great resources in terms of some of the support that we get for mental health issues and things like that. So it could be that you're looking for that extra help, potentially therapy. Now, if that's not the answer for you, then the next thing is to look at lifestyle factors that might be playing a role. And um, because although we want to support each other at work, that can only go so far. So in regards to work, it's about, you know, is there any way that we can delegate work? Um, do you need help with this? Do we need to look at maybe pushing this back? You know, what is it that's going to be helpful for you at this time if we can work together to, to move around this um, issue and, and work together to make things easier for you? And it could even be that there's time off needed, right? And that's, that's okay as well. Um, but it's also important that if you're the one experiencing the burnout, you're looking at what lifestyle factors are playing the role. And um, it's really important, as I said before, that you're using helpful coping strategies. So something that promotes a healthy response, those unhelpful coping strategies, avoidance, procrastination, that's only going to provide temporary relief. And it's really just going to delay dealing with the root of the problem. Um, but develop ways for you to relax and recharge. Remember to keep yourself active in leisure activities. It's okay every now and then to go, I don't feel like it, and you don't do it. But ultimately, part of reconnecting with these activities will help you to recharge. 
And of course, you know, talk to somebody and that goes to both ends of that problem. You know, if you're somebody that's trying to help somebody that's struggling with burnout, you don't have to be alone, you know, ask experts, uh, get the help that you need as well. And of course, if you are experiencing burnout, it's about talking to those around you. But there's some really good resources online that can help you to understand it um, and some really good ideas of how to kind of relax, recharge and realign with your purpose. It's never good to try and get someone to reduce such an important topic down to one single point but i'm going to end up by ask by doing just that and asking you what's your one what's your one tip to leave everyone with around managing burnout play it's something we don't do adults can benefit from play and it's important that we remember to bring that into our lives play there you go. So, so actually, when I when I go home and play on the PlayStation for several hours of an evening, um, that's uh, that's you've just given me permission to do that as an adult. It counts. It does count. <laughs> it, it, and particularly play if it involves others face to face. So there you go. I'll, I'll oh, negate you, that a little bit. Hated me just sitting alone in the dark playing on the PlayStation. Get outside yeah. and play with people. Yeah. This has been a fantastic conversation, and 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 hopefully, anybody listening or watching now feels a bit better equipped to, to spot the signs of burnout and also how to help people who are possibly doing that. And I, as you mentioned, there's some fantastic resources and we'll, we'll, we'll link through some resources uh, that people can look at online around this topic because it is such a vital, important one for our own mental health, but also looking after other people as well. So huge thank you, Lizzie, for, for this conversation. Thank you. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening to It's All Mental a podcast from Every Turn Mental Health. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to follow, rate and share. See you next time.